0: Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas, who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, I'm talking to Bronson Dan. He calls himself a former schlub, but now he's a health and fitness authority. He's the author of the Ultimate Ketogenic Fitness book. The Complete Guide to Optimizing Keto for a Better Quality of Life. And you'll get to meet him right after this. People in Arkansas listening right now are going to be so happy when I tell you this, that the brand new, new and improved location of Akel's Carpet One is now open. Yes, the store that's been working on a remodel, bringing in product from all over, making it a one-stop shop for anyone remodeling anyone buying anyone just needing to spruce up let's say you know a powder bath they've got it all at Equals Carpet One yes and when I mean all I mean everything but the roof that means they can sell you the flooring that can be hardwoods that can be the LVP the luxury vinyl plank that everybody's crazy about it could be actual carpet you might need well let's say you're thinking no I need new cabinets for that bathroom check they've got that too maybe you want something that uh, for your outdoor rooms that you want to live in like their indoor rooms you know how they have that flooring they've got it guys they've got it all countertops they can help you with anything backsplash for the shower i mean what have i missed (laughs) they have it all and you can find out more by going to their website and seeing the deals they have because this i know they have zero interest if paid within full within the 12 months so Think about that. Saves you money on the front end. You're happy on the back end. And everyone will be happy to know you shopped at Akelscarpet1.com. When health coaches like me talk about diet, we don't mean that kind. The the four-lettered word kind. The bad kind. We mean having a diet that is free of gluten or dairy. okay. I've got someone that can take care of you in both areas and that's Jess's chicken here in central Arkansas. You have several options on their menu if you want to stay dairy free and even gluten free. So let's say gluten free. That's how I eat. So when I go, I get the chicken salad scoop and I get the savory. There's also one with the sweet with the um, grapes in it. Oh, really, really good. But sometimes I want the savory, right? And then I know I can have the fries and I can have ice cream. And I know I just had a gluten-free meal that was absolutely delicious. For those of you that are dairy-free, there are options there. And you can just talk to them about it when you go in, when you go with your kids because they want the mac and cheese maybe instead of the fries. Okay, you can do that. Everyone wants the ice cream at the end. And the great thing about Jess's Chicken, same people who bring you David's Burgers, but guys, they have so many bays for you to drive through so you can get in and out quickly here in Central Arkansas. Arkansas, there's just one location for now, but it's right there on Rodney Parham at I-430. Check them out, go to their website, see the menu, JessesChicken.com.
1: She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher.
0: Because you know what I know, coach? This is what I know. People want to know how to get fit and how to get healthy. And uh, for people watching on uh, the fancy YouTube, he's got a shirt that says Coach. I don't think his parents <laughs> named him that, but we're going to no, call him.
1: I, I, I have thought about actually changing my name officially. let yeah. will see how that goes. <laughs>
0: um, a funny aside, you know, when you're growing up, your parents would say, you, you'd, you'd come home and tell your parents, I have to bring potato salad for eighth grade brunch tomorrow, right? And they'd mm-hmm. say, why? And so <laughs> my brother would always say, Coach said. So everything was, I have to be late for school. Why? Coach said, I have to do this. Coach said, so my parents named a dog, Coach said. So people are <laughs> nice. gonna walk like away it. from this saying, I'm changing my life because Coach said. So what? Are, well, right. let, let's yeah, just talk awesome. about how you got involved in the health and fitness space anyway, and what What? Yeah. What was your first interest?
1: Yeah, um, my first interest was not feeling like a schlub.
0: Right, we hate schlubbiness, it. yeah.
1: Yeah, it was horrible. Um, I saw I was in in my late 30s, and my daughter took a picture of me. This is, you know, taking pictures on phones was still kind of a newer thing. Uh, my daughter took a picture of me at the beach. I saw myself sitting on a chair, and I was like, "Who is that guy? That's not
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's not me. There's no way that can be me. I cannot look like wow, that. wow. And um, it was really kind of a slap in the face of just real realizing that the person who I pictured in my head, the person I thought I was the person that I felt like I portrayed was not actually who I physically was and my reality and my perception of my reality were two very different things. So I had a kind of crashing of existentialism there.
0: Yeah. So what were you doing, um, as a career hobby vocation at that time?
1: Yeah. So at the time, I mean, I, I was in it, I was a project manager, um doing it sitting so you're
0: sitting in a dark room with your yep. head down and you yep. weren't doing i mean you're really the antithesis probably of what you do now you couldn't um, pursue good health or you felt uh, like you couldn't
1: yeah well i didn't know that i needed to
0: oh gotcha. i didn't
1: know because again so this is where i talk about identity a lot when i work with people when i i, I talk to groups and stuff is identity is really that thing that um allows us to realize something's not right yeah. If, we're, if we're aware of our reality, and I wasn't aware, and a lot of people just go through life living their life, and they're not realizing that who they think they are, the perception of themselves, isn't matching their actions, isn't matching their actual quality of life, isn't matching their interactions with other people. So I still pictured myself the, as the 18-year-old guy coming out of high school, going into the Army, being active, doing all this stuff, And I was still in the National Guard at the time, so I still got to put the uniform on, even though that uniform was tight, even though I couldn't do all of the same things I could, right, (laughs) Right. back when I was 18. uh, And just, I didn't, I wasn't aware of how deep down the hole I had gotten until I saw that picture. When I saw that picture, that was that, uh, like I said, slap in the face It kind of made me say, hey, something's not right, what do I need to do? And that's kind of what got things started.
0: Well first thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, number two do you tell what you're because it's not always weight you can be thin on the outside fat on the inside as uh, mm-hmm. Mark Hyman calls toffee thin outside mm-hmm. yeah fat inside so it may not be have been weight but was it the number on the scale because you then had to match your identity with what the scale yep. told you and what the weights told you and what you know your endurance told you so yeah was the do you tell what your weight was then and what it is now because you're very fit yeah
1: so so at the time i was almost 250 pounds i was like 245 pounds and how tall a guy are you six feet tall
0: oh yeah that was so yeah too much
1: so I've, i've lost in the in the in the period i've gotten down to 175 so i've dropped 70 pounds i'm about 185 right now
0: i was going to say um, 175 specific, a little thin for a man with muscle it's a little like low for me and that's yeah.
1: one of the reasons why i started getting into the keto carnivore space is because i got tired of getting small so oh, that's it. a whole nother conversation talk about how i got into keto carnivore and that is basically being and after i got into fitness i, I got into crossfit i opened up a gym i did crossfit i, I owned a crossfit gym for about five years And I was super into fitness, much more than I was about nutrition because I didn't realize the effect nutrition really could have
0: Mm -hmm. at the
1: time. I I started my journey on the fitness side and then found how effective combining both fitness and nutrition really can be. And that's kind of why I wrote my book, um, to kind of bring that to light. But the the fitness world is very much carb-based. It's very much calorie based and
0: product based and, and
1: product crappy based, yes.
0: product based
1: yeah, very much so it's very much all about managing managing your health and performance by eating more or eating less which is kind of ludicrous when you think about it um, it's a broad solution to very specific issues and it just doesn't work and realizing and hearing about carnivore i heard about carnivore and one of my biggest frustrations on the fitness side and my body composition specifically was I was sick and tired of having to get fat to get strong and get weak to get skinny. If I wanted to cut body fat, I always lost muscle mass. My performance always went down. I couldn't lift as much. I wasn't as strong. I got ripped, but I was also 175 pounds. I'm like, I don't want to be mm-hmm. 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. Why can't I be ripped and be 200 pounds? It just doesn't make any sense to me. you know. And then if I wanted to put on muscle and get stronger, I had to get to 215 pounds to be able to do anything and move any significant weight and I could not figure out a way to find a happy medium without that reversal which was messing up my metabolism making me think about food all the time where food controlled my life Uh, there's just so many things that that from a quality of life perspective that way of manipulating body composition just was just annoying and frustrating and not worth it
0: and you know that that is really gender specific because women don't we come to it from a different point of view. We want to lose weight at all costs. Right. And, you know, if we lift a weight fine, we care so much about the number on the scale. A man had typically, and I am not making a blanket statement, I'm just saying <laughs> typically in gen- traditional gender roles, men yeah. will say, well, yeah, I want to pump more iron. And women will say, I want, I want a glass of wine, you know, and that's yeah. what they want. Yep. So yep. then how do you how do you then let's talk about then how you coach women, get them Mm -hmm. to the point where they um, are fit, but women definitely need to have strength as they especially mature over 40 perimenopausal, postmenopausal women have got to lift weights because it produces testosterone. It protects their bones, all the things. So how do you help with those, the conflict that a woman might have of yeah. getting yeah. stronger
1: there's there's two main things about improving your body's ability to function and part of this discussion and what i want people to really understand from hearing me talk is health and fitness are the same thing so there is no delineation if you look at the markers for health and you look at the, the wow. way that we track fitness never of it they're way. the same thing if i if i improve my muscle mass and strength I'm going to improve my blood pressure That's and true. my cholesterol and everything yeah. else. If I everything is is just it's just a, a scale on the spectrum, they all are all are connected. So when we talk, when I, when I work with women, there's two main pieces. One is getting women to understand that they need to make sure their cup is full. Many many women spend too much time taking care of other people and they don't take enough time right. to put into themselves. And understanding that it is okay and that you need to do this because if you want to live a long and full life, you need to be able to function. Your body needs to be able to function. You need to be able to be strong, resilient, survivable, have the energy to interact with people and to to take care of yourself. You have to do that. So there's a lot of mindset work that I do. Uh, when I work with people it's just getting them into the into the, the position where they realize it's okay to do something for me so that's one thing once you get to that point then we can go to step two which is people is helping women realize that the more you take care of yourself the more you are able to take care of other people without tearing yourself down you don't have to sacrifice yourself in order to help people so if you're strong you can give a little bit more and you can do that for longer and for more people without taking away from yourself. H- building that habit, building that routine, building those mindsets, uh, getting getting rid of the limiting belief that it has to be everyone else instead of you and flipping that and realizing that the more you focus on you, the more you can help other people. I think that really has helped a lot of the women that I work with because I actually a lot of the women that I work with, after they've been working with me for a time, they start... Uh, support groups and they start, you see them start getting out there and doing things and kind of getting into coaching and doing these other things. It's like they're realizing that they have power. Yeah. And that true, true empowerment of women is helping women realize their own power. It's not about giving more opportunity. It's not about making things easy. That's the opposite of empowerment. We don't want to make things easy. We want to let women know that they are strong and that they can do hard things and that they have the ability, just like anyone else, they have the freedom to explore what they're capable of and they should do that.
0: And then, wait, were there three points on that or two?
1: Just two. Okay, my ADD
0: sometimes acts up. (laughs) I guess I wanted a third one. Okay, so for you then, how, um, you know, schlubby Coach Bronson and then fit Coach Bronson. Um, And then schlubby again. Oh, wait, well tell me about that.
1: Yeah, right. Because everybody thinks, "Oh, I was yeah. I was fat, then mm-hmm. I got thin, and I'm in and shape. I been across are, the gym. Right. I've been like this ever since." No, not quite how it works. So I was about 240 pounds when I started this process. I started doing CrossFit in like 12, 13 years ago, and started my gym in 2014. Um, around 2017, 2018, I had gained a lot of my weight back. I was great at CrossFit. I could lift stuff, I could do Metcons, I could do a bunch of stuff, but I, again, second time in my life where I saw a picture of myself, and this was a different context, before I wasn't aware of where I was. This time I wasn't aware of where I was because I was thinking I was doing what I needed to do. I didn't realize that even though my performance had gotten better, I had gotten stronger, I could do more things, um, my movement was pretty good, all that kind of stuff. Um, I still didn't understand the nutrition piece really that well. Oh, and we had a pool party at a client's house. A bunch of people from my gym are there. I saw a picture of me jumping off the diving board.
0: You and your pictures. I mean, I don't know, you have a mirror at your house?
1: You would think, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing is when you look at a mirror, everything, yeah. you don't you don't see small changes. It's in, when things That's are true. out of context. And then you yeah. go, wait a second. Yeah. What? No, hold on. Who, who is that guy? Yeah. And I saw myself jumping on this, this uh, diving board, and I was like, how embarrassed am I, as the owner of this CrossFit gym, to be walking around looking like that? I look like a, like a Teletubby.
0: And but you were it, it strong. Was,
1: but I was strong.
0: See, that's what CrossFit, to me, um, emphasizes, all this strength. But then you've got women that are this wide, I mean, thick and calloused hands, you know, hair well, on their
1: chin. So you're talking about the sport of CrossFit. That's very different than CrossFit, the actual methodology and concepts of what oh. CrossFit is. Very, two very okay. different things. So, and we, and and so, and, and that's an unfortunate thing. And I, I'm, I'm, CrossFit, as an organization, is trying to get away from that. They've actually made a lot of changes. So. Yes, CrossFit, the games and the athletes and all that, that really hardcore stuff is still going to be a piece and will always be there. It's never going away at this point. Um, but they're trying to separate a little bit and trying to get, let people understand that CrossFit as a methodology is about function and about improving people's quality of life.
0: No, so I had no it's,
1: idea. It, it's, the, it's the difference between the NFL and a backyard pickup game. That's that's the difference. Professional CrossFit athletes are exactly that. They are professional athletes. They get sponsorships. They get paid. They that's what they do. Um, If you go into a CrossFit gym into 90% of CrossFit gyms that are 13,000 or more in the world, um, it's the largest fitness organization. FYI, in case anybody doesn't know that uh, in the world, 13,000 plus gyms, millions of people across the world do CrossFit. It is designed. The purpose of CrossFit is to improve people's quality of life. Period. No it is idea. not about sport.
0: I thought yeah. it was about making your neck bigger.
1: No, not at all. Love like big and neck people. There are a ton in the professional side. In the the day-to-day everyday local neighborhood gym side of CrossFit, it's people like you and me who just want to go in and be able to play with their grandkids, live longer, have muscle, be able to live independently. And be able to do daily tasks without having, without needing help and being okay. dependent on somebody else.
0: Thanks for that PR yeah. tune-up. I yeah. mean, I really had it's no idea. Awesome. Um, so, did uh, Coach Bronson then see see himself jumping off the diving board, breaking the diving yep. board because he's, you know, yeah. this beast?
1: <laughs> Huge wave. There's no water left in the pool.
0: Huge wave. There's no water left in the pool. And then, did you then get to Googling and go, I, you know, need to lose weight. What did you? Th- yeah, what so- was your first thought process?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that happened, um, two things happened in this time frame. One is I did a 21-day sugar detox. Now, okay. I didn't need to do the sugar detox because I was already pretty much whole foods, paleo. I didn't eat a lot of sugar. I, everything I ate was meat and veggies. So instead what I did, instead of cutting out sugar, because I didn't really have much anything to cut out, I cut out alcohol. So I was a three to four glasses um, of bourbon a week guy i'd come home from work have dinner sit down watch some tv pour two fingers and just sip on that for the you know the evening because you deserved it right i well i love bourbon i'm so i'm a bourbon guy i to this day i still have 12 13 bottles different bottles of bourbon at my house that unfortunately are now just full of dust but um so i still it's funny i still call myself a bourbon guy even though i haven't had bourbon in like four years um,
0: wow, that's so. I did
1: that for 21 days, so three weeks, three weeks. The only thing I did was cut out some alcohol. Okay, I would. I don't. Mean, I don't know if I don't know if four glasses a week is a lot or not, but four glasses a week at most. Um, I lost 10 pounds of body fat, not muscle mass, not total weight, just body. So fat. Explain, Doing body composition okay, scale. It, this helps gone. people
0: understand that calories in, calories out doesn't matter. So yep. is there a glycemic or a glucose effect? Does alcohol turn to sugar? Does it it goes into your liver? Is it a glycogen store? Like what? What was that?
1: So basically, what happens with alcohol? Number one, it's toxic, so it causes inflammation. We know inflammation adds body fat. Basically, inflammation can increase body fat. Okay. Um, Body fat can increase inflammation. It's they feed off of each other. Yeah. Um, But really, it's about something called oxidative priority, and that is when you ingest alcohol, it bumps everything else that you've ingested to the bottom of the list for processing so that your body stops processing everything until that alcohol is out of your body. So number one, it's toxic. Your body's like, I need to get rid of this as soon as possible. I'm gonna push this to the front of the line for processing. Number two, we don't have storage for alcohol. So it doesn't have any place to store it. We have to burn it. That's it. So let's get this to the front of the line. Let's process it. Let's do whatever we can to get it through the system and out so that we can then get back to the fat and the carbs and everything else that I just ate. So here's what was happening, and here's what happens to a lot of people, is they eat dinner and then they go sit on the couch. So number one, there's no movement. So if you sit down right after eating, your digestion is slower. If you go for a walk right after eating, your digestion is faster and better, okay? Um, They sit on the couch after they eat, they pour themselves a glass of wine or a glass of bourbon or a glass of scotch or whatever it is, and then that alcohol goes into the system and then their body's like, well, now I just ate all this food that's going to take me four to five hours to digest. Well, now I, I'll i work on it, but I got all this alcohol I got to get out. So I'm going to have to push this other stuff somewhere else. Where's it going to go?
0: Well, right? You, that's why your hips get bigger. You had to notice immediately your sleep improved. And when sleep improves, your metabolism increases.
1: Absolutely. Sleep got better. Um, I was sleeping longer. It was easier for me to fall asleep when i did go to bed yeah uh every every it was just like and, and this is the first thing in this process on the nutrition side that really made me go what the hell is going on like how can just cutting out alcohol number one affect my body fat percentage my body fat that much in three weeks and number two i felt freaking amazing so that's kind of what set me down the road of okay, what I put into my mouth makes a difference. I need to learn more about this. It was shortly after that that I was introduced to the carnivore diet. Did some research on that for about three or four days, and then May first, two thousand one, I said, "All right, what meat do we have? That's all I'm eating from now on." And I haven't looked back since then, or sorry, two thousand eighteen. Sorry, two thousand eighteen. Okay, May first, two thousand
0: eighteen. Okay, okay. <clears throat> because and
1: just, I haven't looked back ever since. So it's been a little over four years.
0: Who since I was your? your gateway for um carnivore because i started with saladino dr saladino yeah it was dr baker
1: Baker. yeah it was dr baker's podcast with joe rogan that i listened to um, right um that kind of just made me go what is this i listened to it again
0: yesterday just to go over some things yeah just because I, i so we're recording this september july 18th my husband and i we're driving out west, you know, married people for 35 years. You finally run out of mm-hmm. things to say. I mean, I don't, but he does. <laughs> so we listen to audiobooks And so okay. um, I couldn't find an audiobook with Sean Baker reading it. But we heard his Joe Rogan podcast. And then Yep, Saladino. See, he didn't like Saladino because his social media, he screams at you and right. he yells kale is bullshit the whole time kel you know yeah and my husband said don't like his style but then when he right. got his book he read it like a normal human he speaks mm-hmm. in this this is about the cadence of his voice right. and he's very teaching so those were the two that have kind of given us the best scientific knowledge of because they're both medical doctors um, sure. but both are athletes i mean everything that would improve give my husband credence to go, well, this makes sense. Um, right. so I just didn't know if you, did you ever hear Saladino's book?
1: No, I You're- haven't. Heard, I've, I've, lo- I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've looked at it. Um, uh, most of the stuff that I've done, most of my, a lot of my information has come from Dr. Baker. Some of the stuff that Saladino has to say, I, I listen to, but I tend to listen and, and get into, cause I'm, again, I'm an IT guy, so I'm much more on the analytical side. So I lo- I like listening to Dr. Bickman and yeah. Dave Feldman and like there's ben like Bickman I have such a man I have life. such oh my god I have such a man crush on him I, I t- I, one of these days I'm gonna meet him and just give him like the biggest hug it's because like, y'all have the same hairstyle <laughs> <He's,
0: laughs> so he's, it's it's he's, stuff
1: like that I love listening to Mennow has men. um mm-hmm. there's a there's a handful of people on the that are that present the data in a way that I like to look at it, understand it, and then I try to help people apply it to their real life. Well, so that's kind of where I
0: see myself. Most of those people, I mean, Bigman's thing of um, eating uh, a meal and then walking for 10 minutes after the meal because the way it pushes glucose into the cells mm-hmm. and it uh, reduces your insulin resistance. Um, so I come from the line of intermittent fasting. A lot of those people do. Do you also incorporate that into your daily lifestyle? Not
1: intentionally. Not intentionally. So the way that I look at intermittent fasting is that if you're going to do it it should be natural and part of your daily life not something that you do on purpose. Really? Um, A lot of the people that I work with are are in the process of building routines that are sustainable and one of the things that they don't need is to try to eat two o'clock. So if you're eating naturally and I think this is where a lot of people can get too complicated with stuff is intermittent fasting. Um, the two things that I see people getting wrong with intermittent fasting is not eating enough in general; their um, their eating window is too small, so they I can't see eat that. enough. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other one is getting stressed out over trying to fit food into their schedule, into their window, and make all of this stuff work. And I, I, my one of the tenets of everything that I do is if you're doing things to improve your quality of life then they shouldn't be adding stress. So, if you're trying to do intermittent fasting on purpose and it's stressing you out, then just stop. It doesn't have to go, happen. It's a tool.
0: But you couldn't go back to the fitness philosophy of eating 17 meals a day every 10 minutes.
1: You don't need to. And this is the this is the thing. If you and this is where I was saying it should happen naturally, if you're eating whole food animal-based ketogenic or carnivore diet, then you, in most cases, I've seen very few people who are not naturally, who do, who do not naturally gravitate towards two meals a day. Right. If you're eating enough at each meal, and that's part yep. of the problem. A lot of people are afraid to eat more because they've been told they shouldn't, or they're used to starving themselves, and there's a whole other mentality aspect that we have to get into when I work with people um, and let them know that it's okay to eat more. Um, But if you're eating enough at each meal, you should be satisfied to the next meal and then be good for the day in 90, 95% of the cases. I I don't know very many people that don't, that that doesn't happen for.
0: Well, it's the satiety. So Dr. Fung says that we are hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. Mm -hmm. And the wired to eat is taming your ghrelin, which you do that after, uh, for me, it was fasting and now eating a ketovore diet. But then the other thing is for those um, satiety signals in the brain to tell you you're full. And he says, and I quote, uh, leptin is the one we know about, but there are two Mm -hmm. other kind of fringe satiety hormones. One's YY peptide and the other is cholecystokinin. He said, they don't fire unless you've had fat and protein. Mm -hmm. Well, what is a ketovore diet? It is fat and protein. That's all I eat is fat and protein. That's why, and I don't say it self-righteously, I I don't think <laughs> about food in between the right. time I ate my fat and protein and then if I eat it again in some meals. And because of that, here's the other thing. My producer asked me last night, we went to his birthday dinner and he said, because he's always known me to eat kind of one meal and a snack when I mm-hmm. wasn't doing carnivore or ketivore. And I said, well, now I'm doing kind of, I am eating Two meals. They're they're not impressed. They're not huge meals, but I said I get full so easily on the hamburger meat, nose to tail yep. hamburger meat that I eat, um, a boiled egg, and maybe um, some brisket. You know, I mean just okay. a beef in a bowl, and I get full so easily that I can't eat. That can't be just my one meal. That was not enough food, so I do have a second meal. So I will say that my intermittent fasting profile. For anybody that's clocking me at home, because I used to say I just ate at two and I finished at six. Now I am kind of opening a little earlier, but it also, as you know, depends on what you ate the day, or it does for me what I ate the day before, if I had enough in my fuel meter saying, hey, you need more fuel. So what were the first things you did then to implement this? Did you you try all carnivore or did you try? I just went straight in. I just with with carnivore, not ketogenic. Yeah, I
1: just, I just, yeah. I, well, so I've never liked veggies. The, in the, I've never been a, ve- a fan of veggies. So do you know how happy not men having are, to eat veggies? Yes,
0: when men are told you don't have to eat another vegetable, they're like, "You're the woman of my dreams." I mean, right? It- yeah.
1: It was. It was. It was like, okay, don't. I'm not going to fight this. Let's give it a shot. <laughs>
0: right. Right.
1: So I just, I started off, I woke up on May 1st and I just said, okay, what meat do we have in the house? And that's what I ate until that was gone. And then I went out to the store and bought more and <laughs> that was it. Do you? It was eat, all she wrote. It was the best thing I've ever done. Do you
0: mainly do ruminant animals or do you eat pig and pork as well?
1: Um, pretty much I eat whatever's on the scale. I'm a little bit different than my normal client in that my goals change frequently because I do a lot of experimentation. Um, with body composition, with macros and protocols and methodologies. Right, so
0: Audience of one, my, you're, you're looking to see yeah, how you react. I love that.
1: How, how I react to that, yeah. yeah. So I'm changing stuff. A lot. So using me in general, in general, if I was just living my life, I would probably eat lamb and, la- lamb and eggs every day. Okay. That would be what I chose to eat because I love lamb and I love eggs. Um, with the different things that I do, I may vary to higher protein cuts with less fat um, lowering my fat intake, increasing my protein. I play around with my macros a lot doing different things. So uh, right now I'm doing higher protein, moderate fat, um, and kind of seeing how that works low term for some, some fitness goals that I'm trying to work towards.
0: So uh schlubby Bronson was about a, yeah. at back at 240 then mm-hmm. May 1st of 2018, then what happened?
1: Then I got, I got ripped.
0: How I, got quickly? I got
1: I got I got down to about eight percent body fat, about one eighty, um, and I felt amazing. So the biggest things that I noticed, and this is one of the cool things about the combination on the fitness side and nutrition, when I went carnivore, of course everybody's like, "You're gonna be horrible. You're working. You're CrossFitter. You're gonna suck at CrossFit." Blah blah blah. All this. Why? Kind of stuff.
0: What, what? What's the thinking behind that?
1: Well, because cl- CrossFit is quote unquote glycolytic, right? Everything in CrossFit requires glycogen. Oh. So if I'm not eating carbs, how can I perform glycolytic but, effort work? But
0: doesn't the meat finally give us the glycogen we need for?
1: Well, yeah, your glucogen- body's gonna, gonna your neogenesis. body's gonna turn fat into glycogen oh, as you need okay. it, and, and it's gonna and do what it does. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know what this Got whole it. process was. I've done tons of research in the last four years, um, and I explain some of that in the book as far as how does how ketogenesis and gluconeogenesis actually work together to provide the fuel. You need them both.
0: Hi friends. I have great news for those of you who like to save a dollar when you shop for supplements. Well, I think that's everybody in the audience right now. You can do that with my people. I say they're my people, but you know, it's where I get my supplements and hormone testing at, compounding at cornerstone.com. It's Cornerstone Pharmacy and Compounding here in Little Rock, Arkansas. But what Brittany Marsh, the owners, made available is for you to be able to save a few dollars when you're shopping. Now, all of their supplements are all the ones that I like are online. So you'll go under shop. I'm, I'm on the website right now looking at the different options you have and you can get the Adipo Lean 2. I think that's the one Brittany really likes. People like it for weight regulation. I'm especially fond of the adrenal support capsules they have. This is from Pure Encapsulations. If you know about the line, it's outstanding. Adrenal Health is another line they have there. They've got the Goalie apple cider vinegar gummy. So tons of things you'll save 20% when you shop and don't forget that they also have the hormone therapy and because they've been providing hormone bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and in this business a very long time you can get one of the tests and consultation and also save 20 percent at checkout with the code lisa all the information is in the show notes but i can tell you this when you get a minute, go to compounding at cornerstone.com and start shopping.
1: So, we couldn't be, I know a lot of people in the keto world are afraid of gluconeogenesis because it's going to turn everything into sugar. Well, you can't be ketogenic without gluconeogenesis. So, the fact that you are, mm. you need to thank gluconeogenesis for that.
0: Because, so gluconeogenesis is not necessarily a, a wonderful thing, but it does happen even in ketosis, right? It's where we finally get. It does, we it does turn into glucose. Explain it to me again because yeah. it's so it's way
1: gluconeogenesis scientific. is a wonderful thing, and this is what oh, I so want people do, to understand. We, we oh, want gluconeogenesis. I see, I see. Absolutely, we absolutely need gluconeogenesis. So many people in keto space hear gluconeogenesis and they think I don't want that because if I eat protein, it's going to turn the protein into glycogen in my blood and raise my blood glucose. Okay, what many people don't know, what I didn't know for the first two and a half, three years of being ketogenic and carnivore is that if you look up the definition of gluconeogenesis, it says converting fatty acids and protein and other non-carbohydrate substances into glucone- into glycogen. So the first thing on the list is fatty acids. So and I kind of looked at that was like, wait a second, how does that even work? I always thought it was just protein. And when you actually dig into what gluconeogenesis is, it's an umbrella term for all of the processes that our body can use to take the remnants, I'll use the word remnants, the byproducts of ketogenesis, the bypro- and this is something people didn't understand, the byproducts of ketogenesis and turn them into glycogen. So if we are ketogenic and we are adapted, fully fat adapted, our body uses what's left over from that process and makes glycogen for us that is why we don't need to ingest carbs because okay. our fat I see it. our fat provides what it needs to make the carbs
0: and do, don't the animals provide the fatty acid amino acids uh, fatty acids that we need or does our body turn it into fatty acids
1: no we need to eat we need to eat protein we need to eat fat we don't have to eat carbs because our body okay. will utilize and that's what the term carbs are not essential is that we... And again, the the nuances and the, the depth of understanding and context for all these different phrases is really fun to watch how people understand at different levels. Carbs are not essential. What that means scientifically is that we don't need to eat carbohydrates because those carbohydrates provide glycogen. We can build our own glycogen from things we already have in our body. So it's not that we don't need glycogen It's that we don't need to eat carbs to get the glycogen because our body can make it. So carbs are not essential. Glycogen is highly essential, but we can make it ourselves.
0: Okay. And I think the word that was the no-no word we don't want, and I heard glucose goddess talk about it, is glycation. Mm -hmm. And that was another term. HbA1c. Yes. So my brain was going, which one is it? So gluconeogenesis, we do... Well, what do we do is it a state we're in gluconeogenesis or do we achieve it's just something it?
1: that happens all the time okay it's same with same with ketogenesis it's basically just the way that our body produces fuel right so if if we primarily are ingesting fat our body's going to burn fat Primarily, whenever, whatever's left over from burning fat. So when our body breaks down fatty acids, it breaks it down into BHB, beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is what everyone knows as ketones. But it also breaks it down into pyruvate, lactate, and acetate. Those are additional ketones. Those are technically ketones. They're just not the ones that our body burns for fuel. It takes those pieces and puts them into other cycles, which fall under gluconeogenesis, and turns those into glycogen. So fatty acids get broken up into multiple pieces. Some go to ketones, some go to glycogen. And they just, it's just what's happening all the time.
0: Okay, so you went from 240 to 180. What amount of time was that?
1: Um, That was probably about six to eight months. Um, It happened really quick. It happened really quick. And you're
0: still lifting, still in the gym.
1: Yeah, oh, and this is where I was going with that. I got sidetracked. Uh, I was talking about the benefit and the, the benefits of the fitness and the nutrition together. Uh, Changing to a carnivore diet after about three months, it took me about three months to get adapted to where my fitness activities started seeing improvement. Everything went down for a little bit while I was adapting and my performance went down. Then as I kind of got more adapted and got better at doing different things inside my body, my strength got better, all of my conditioning got better, my recovery got better. Um, Previous to the time of going carnivore, I was always dealing with injuries. Torn labrums, torn oh. meniscus, pulled calves, pulled hamstrings, pulled groin. Like all of these things happening within a year of going carnivore, all of those things went away, And I haven't had a problem with an injury since. Um, so i increased my training volume. Like these big time has...
0: athletes could switch oh, yeah. to a carnivore diet to prevent injury.
1: They could, they should. I highly recommend it. Wow. If I could get myself on a, like an, an NFL team as a trainer or something, I'd be like, guys, I've got a secret here. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. It'd
0: be amazing. Be, you know, well, uh, you hear Saladino and Dave Asprey and others, these people say, guys, I was vegan and I was the sickest I've ever been or had the yep. worst, all these things I've ever had. And then, you know, when you hear that they switch, then the light bulb goes off. Well, someone asked me recently, she's. She's one of my coaching clients, and I've always talked yeah. about that fat adaptation that happens as you empty your glycogen stores a mm-hmm. month, depending on how much weight you need to lose and what your insulin resistance is, maybe a month, six weeks, right? And then, I'm, you know, I'm a fat burner. Every day I'm a fat burner. She said, Lisa, do you have to do, is there an adaptation period for becoming a meat eater? Will there be, a, is there a time where, my, will I have a few days where I'm not feeling well? I did not but I didn't have a high carb diet either. Yeah. When you, you can't um, compare it because you, you were not, well, you got off alcohol, but you weren't, you didn't have a high carb diet. So people with a I had standard, a high fiber diet. Which we need to discuss that too. I mean, right yeah. now. <laughs> and we're going to talk about your book in a minute. So I have not forgotten yeah, yeah. you. I have these things written down. Um, sure. So with that, with the meat, is there an adjustment period, do you think, for people? Uh, well, I know when my son yeah. was the first person who went keto in my community, mm-hmm. and he's the person who introduced me to intermittent fasting, um, he did say he had the keto flu because he was in college. Yep. He was at LSU. His diet was beer and hot dogs you know, when he started, <laughs> and then it, he switched it to vodka and ham. <laughs> hey. But with that, he did have the keto flu and felt bad. So is there an adjustment period, do you think, going carnivore from a traditional Standard American diet.
1: Yes, and and it's the same. It's the same transition. It's okay. the getting off the carb. Uh, some people call it carb withdrawal.
0: Yeah, and it's it is the same, the
1: same thing. Um, the, the 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 slight difference in talking about specifically getting used to eating meat. Um, I think there there can be fun for some people, particularly, and and I like to say basically, guys, if you're if you're having an issue, um, transitioning to just eating meat or eating more meat, then what your issue really is, is your body's just not used to getting the amount of nutrients that it's getting. Wow. Is, is kind of how I look at it. And it's like, I, I'm getting all this stuff, I don't know what to do it. Your gut is like, ah, I've got so much stuff to do with, things with, I I, I don't, I'm i not equipped to deal with this. Yeah, And that's one way to look at it. So, uh, I mean, it all goes to gut flora and gut microbiome and all that other kind of stuff, and what can you digest, and how is your body prepared for different things, and you have to train it for the things that you're gonna do. So uh, I look at the gut and and that kind of thing just like any other system. And if you want it to get good at something, you have to give it that thing so it can practice getting good at it.
0: Okay. So Got it. it just takes time. Um, this from our audience, my producer yeah. Darren, he mm-hmm. said, How has your training changed? Do you less weight volume, meaning smaller weights, get getting the same results? Have you changed uh, any of that? I'm go,
1: I go, I go hard and I go heavy. Hard,
0: hard in the paint, as the kids say. Yeah,
1: hard okay. and heavy. Uh, yeah, and it depends again because I experiment a lot. So uh, I started CrossFit. I started Carnivore May two thousand eighteen, and I sold my gym right before 2020. and I continued to do CrossFit uh, as much as possible through the pandemic. I did a little bit after the pandemic and up through mid twenty twenty one, and then. Early to mid-2021, I kind of stopped the Crossfits uh, specifically and started doing more traditional bodybuilding things because I wanted to try experimenting with some different f- fitness routines and, and macronutrients and seeing what kind of body composition changes I would get. So I haven't done CrossFit consistently for about a year, a uh, year and a half almost. And uh, that doesn't mean that I've stopped doing intense stuff. So I still lift heavy twice a week. I do. I started doing uh, Brazilian Jitsu three times a week. So oh. I'm still out there doing very high intense activity. I'm 50 years old. So I'm 50 years old for anybody listening. Um, 185 is my weight. I'm six feet tall. I'm at 10% body fat and, uh, I'm gaining muscle. I'm, i the experiment I'm doing right now is Doing a carnivore diet with less than 10 grams of carbs a day because I eat a lot of eggs. So I get some carbs from eggs. That's the only place I get my carbs. Okay. Uh, and I'm maintaining my body fat and adding muscle. So in the past five months, i put on about a pound of muscle every month at 50 years old. So, yeah, it just lift, lift, lift a lot, lift consistently, eat a lot of meat.
0: Well, my husband sent me his <laughs> the other day. I don't know why he sent me this long diatribe on yeah. what being ketovore has meant to him. Oh, awesome. He's said cuz he's 6'1", he used to lift 400 bench press in the gym. Okay. He doesn't anymore cuz he's 60 years old. But he's he looks like like you a former NFL yeah. You know, people ask him all the time, "What sport did you play?" right? right Except right. his hair is white, so they know he's not even a man anymore. <laughs> he said the things of this is what's changed and 90% animal products, meat, eggs, cheese, and milk. On Saturdays, we do have one treat meal, and we're probably gonna eliminate that because you feel bad after the treatment. Yeah. But yeah. he said, no more throat clearing, no more joint pain in the morning. His SI joint problems have gone away except after he has wheat. Very mm-hmm. even keel energy levels, no sleepiness after a meal, no need for a nap or anything. I feel stronger than I ever have in my life. At age 60, 55-pound dumbbell curls, 100 push-ups, 1,000 push up. he does 1,000 push-ups a day. Um, zero aches wow. and pains, body fat is now close to single digit. And this is y'all in two and a half months for a man who's 60 years old. I mean, I see yeah. it time and time again, but I think the pushback comes also from, uh, and I've heard Saladino talk about this and it is the need for fiber. And I think we're being lied to on that too. I mean, Saladino has the science in his Joe Rogan interview. If you're wondering what, what was that? The mm-hmm. Joe Rogan interview I listen to so many things he does, but I think that's where he discusses um, that we don't need as much vitamin C as we get. We need about 72 milligrams a day. You get that in beef, which is crazy because we used to think we had to have 5,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day. You don't, but also the fiber. You do if you're eating carbs,
1: but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do need the vitamin C if you're a carb-based person. If you're eating a ton of carbs I see. Uh, and, and your meat, if your protein, if your meat sources are low, then you need vitamin C because you won't be able to produce collagen.
0: Got it. Got it. So what about, and, talk about fiber then.
1: Um, I 100% agree. I, fiber is so overrated. It, there's, there's a lot of things that, that the whole fiber discussion get people messed up on. Um, number one, we don't need it to help us defecate. If you're eating bioavailable food, you're going to absorb the food and you won't have a defecation or a constipation problem. The inflammation, it's literally, okay, I equate fiber. If you, if you take a Brillo pad, cut it up into little pieces and then swallow it. That's what you're doing <laughs> when you're eating fiber. You, you're inflaming everything. Yeah. You're inflaming oh everything in your digestive tract from your mouth, all the way down to your gut, to your intestines, like all the way through the process. And then people wonder why they have gut issues Right, so one of the things that I dealt with before I went carnivore was IBS and urgent bowels. I couldn't do. I was lactose intolerant. I could. My life was controlled by how close I could be to a bathroom. I couldn't make a trip. I couldn't get on a plane, get on a boat, get on a train, get in a car. You had, had to no go once, one or two times wow. before we left. When we got there, I had to go just yep. in case. Like I couldn't go on hikes. I could like. Any, if I got in my car, I made sure that I had toilet paper or paper towels in the trunk just, just in case. case. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. It my not having that. It took about three, four months until I realized one day, like I, I'm not worried about so this anymore. So, what was like, producing the
0: urgency? It was it the.
1: I just never knew. Like I could be standing here talking to you right now, and then all of a sudden, be like. But I'll what right was back. that
0: from? Was it from plants and vegetables? It was the
1: vegetables. It was cut all, any of the, and I didn't even bother to to go through the process of figuring out which vegetable was it because I ate them all. Yeah. Right? I loved Brussels sprouts. I ate squash. Yeah. I ate, Yeah. Uh, the only things I didn't like was kale and spinach. You know, I mean, yeah. those are the two that I didn't like. But And I just cut them all out. And ever since I've not had any of them, I've been fantastic. So uh, the whole fiber debate uh, when it comes to our gut and bowels, I think, is it, it, he, the people in the keto space are accurate when they say we don't need it. Yeah. Um, from the gut perspective, and I think this is something a lot of people don't, don't realize, is that there are materials in meat that are probiotic and fiber-like substances. So a lot of people don't realize that if you're eating steak, you're getting fiber. Just because it doesn't come from plants doesn't mean that you're not getting the same benefit from See,
0: that blows my collagen
1: mind. and things like that, right. right? Like it's it's You're eating fascia, you're eating collagen, you're getting these things that are fib- fibrous material that go into your gut. And they do the same thing from a gut microbiome perspective. And it's better because there's no inflammation involved in that process.
0: So you're not even doing raw yogurt or do you? Do you do oh, raw dairy at all?
1: No, I don't. Um, no, mostly because I, I, in my area it's hard to get, and I just, I, okay, I would love to try it at some point in time, but I haven't really had access to. Give it I have that. a dealer. <laughs> okay,
0: got her pager number. Um, all right. The, any kombucha, any sauerkraut, any fermented foods at all? Because no,
1: I don't do any I don't do any plant anything. Wow,
0: that's really commitment. That's not that I want I some sauerkraut, but. Um, well,
1: I've never liked fermented stuff oh, yeah. in general. Except See, maybe, I, mix up maybe pickles. That's about it.
0: Yeah. So you don't even, you wouldn't even need a pickle. No. They don't need it.
1: Nope.
0: See, that's where it takes a minute. There are people listening right now who like have to pull over the car, uh, pull a carver, breathe into a paper bag and go, what, <laughs> what is he <laughs> saying? Because that's how I felt when I heard Saladino, you know, he reads through his book and yep. really looked at my husband and I went, wow. And he has the science. So we're not saying this based. Um, Of course, N equals one. You have had a good uh, time with it, but we really, there is science that backs up everything. There's a ton
1: of science. And the other thing too is, you know, I've been coaching in keto carnivore for a little, almost a little over three years. I've been doing it myself for a little over four. I've been coaching for a little, about three or so. And of all the people that I've personally worked with, and all of the colleagues that I have in the space, and I know a lot of people in the space who are coaches, doctors, people that are involved in helping other people through this stuff. Um, hundreds, thousands of people who have IBS, Crohn's, diureticulitis, uh, all sorts of different bowel issues, gut issues, who get better when they just go to meet.
0: Isn't that amazing? So,
1: I mean, just the real life. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer in scientific papers are great. What happens in real life is better.
0: For sure. I wish so. everyone listening, because so many people do have, get diagnosed with IBS, and I know my um, those who have thyroid disease, we often were told we had IBS when it's actually our thyroid didn't work right, and it's a gut issue mm-hmm. and all this. But I do wish everyone listening, if you have a GI doctor, to send this episode to them. Because mm. I do wish... Um, my husband sells. He's in um, medical sales for a company that sells to GI docs. So we do have a mm. communication. And so I have shared this with cool. the, the people, the advanced clinicians and their eyes yeah. have been opened. I mean, they're, they've been blown away by it going, what? I Cause they tell people eat fiber. I mean, that's right. That's what their dietitian tells them every day. And so we're saying, no, eat beef. So it just, if you can sell, send this to any physician, you know, that would be great. Um, now, when you say you're, ketogenic, it sounds like you're all carnivore. Tell me what you eat from the keto side. Like any, do you eat nuts or avocados?
1: Nope. So carnivore is a ketogenic diet.
0: Well, that is true. That is true. And so
1: anytime, basically any, any, this is where people get confused as well is all the different names and classifications. I I feel like we need a hand, someone needs to make a handbook (laughs) for how to determine. Right. Uh, decipher all the different names but essentially any diet where you restrict carbs to the point that your body has to utilize fat for fuel is a ketogenic diet and that's mm-hmm. what i do
0: um a doctor that i had on i ha- we haven't aired it yet um eli gerouge he is in houston yep. and he does i think just concierge medicine now is it and
1: i thought i always thought it was l but it's eli okay
0: he prena- yes, because my he
1: pronounces it Eli. Okay, yeah,
0: it's E L I E, I think. Ah, and Darren will be. help me if I, if I'm saying that wrong because we had to ask him. I think he's of uh, some Middle Eastern descent, and so that yeah, name. I, I, love, his I yes, love his, his content.
1: I love his content is great. It's great, but, yeah.
0: I haven't aired this by the time your episode drops. I'm sure it's been aired. But I asked yeah. him. I said, "Why am I doing so well with carnivore, but I had a hard time?" with keto. Wait, Darren is telling me, did I pronounce? He said, I'm right. It's Eli Gerouge. J-A-R-R-O-U-G-E. His content is great. But I said, why am I doing so well with carnivore, but I struggle with keto? And he said, it's the higher protein content. And so, because women, I know my fasting clients would all say, well, I've tried keto, but I have the hardest time with it. Yep. And there were some, and so I didn't know, I guess it was the higher fat content of that. And what and that's why I know women, as they're perimenopausal and during menopause and postmenopausal, just need more protein. I don't know about men's needs. Everyone
1: needs more protein. Yeah. Nobody eats enough freaking protein.
0: So what do you think you eat in a day in protein? I wish people would eat more
1: freaking protein. Say yeah. again?
0: What do you think you eat in a day in protein in grams?
1: Uh, my goal right now, my target is 200 grams a day. That's what I shoot for.
0: Even though you weigh, your weight 185. is 185. So you mm-hmm. even have it above your weight. Um, oh, yeah. Weight. Because I tell women, you know, I'm a buck and a half. So I say I try to get 150 grams, but honestly, it's hard. I mean, and mine are beef and eggs and beef and eggs. So Mm -hmm. tell me about like your meals during the day.
1: Um, Well, for instance, my first meal today was a pound of chicken and six eggs.
0: So you'll eat chicken With some cheese,
1: with a little bit of Parmesan cheese and butter. Yeah.
0: Okay. And the butter. And then... That was my first meal um, today.
1: And then for dinner i don't know i don't know what we're gonna have for dinner tonight we might have some steaks or something for dinner i know i got some shrimp in there we'll see what else
0: what state are you in
1: uh right now so right now i'm actually traveling i'm in atlanta in georgia uh but we but we live in baltimore in maryland
0: okay so you've got crab cakes crab
1: oh yeah crabs crabs and fish for sure
0: okay and that's all high in fat and protein i would think
1: um, yeah, I usually go for the, on the fish, I usually go leaner. Sometimes I'll do some salmon or something that's got, that's a little fattier. But uh, for the most part, I like doing uh, cod. It's probably one of my go-to fishes. If I do fish, I do a lot of shrimp. Yeah. Um, and for red meat, red meat, I would, I know lamb technically, I don't know if, if lamb is technically a red meat or not, but I would, I would choose lamb first over any other meat besides a filet if I had a choice.
0: Really? Are they ruminant animals? Do they... Or do they eat you roast? know, I do they I they think eat? they
1: are considered ruminants, but I'm not. It's they're not quite like pigs. I, they're like somewhere in between pigs and, and cows. I think they are considered ruminant, but not the same on the same. They're not the same on the same level as beef. As far I, as I know,
0: are they grass fed then?
1: They can be,
0: but the I don't length really length, worry
1: about that too yeah. much. Uh, I think the the emphasis on grass fed, grass finished, grain fed, grass finished, grain fed, grain finished, all yeah, that kind right. of stuff. I think. Um, if you have the money and the time to worry about that, then go for it. But for <laughs> right. most people just trying to live their life, get what you can afford. If you, here, here's a, here's a tip. If you think that you need, if you're dealing with finances and eating a lot of meat is a challenge, then I would rather you go to Walmart and get a tube, a five pound tube of ground beef and eat that than not eat eat more meat just because you think it's too expensive. Like, I
0: absolutely agree. It's uh, That's gonna thing. be the
1: best thing for you than anything else in that store.
0: And a dozen eggs.
1: And a dozen eggs. Get some cheap eggs, whatever you gotta do. Yep. Like if, if all you got is 25 bucks and you need to feed yourself for a week, go get the cheapest meat and the cheapest eggs you can get and you'll be fine.
0: Okay, let's uh, talk about your book now. Uh, title, <laughs> uh, when you published it, and all, all the things about it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, The Ultimate Ketogenic Fitness Book. I published it uh, late April, early May this year. So it's pretty new. And the idea is I want, again, like I said earlier, I want people to understand the importance of fitness and nutrition together in improving quality of life. Many people think about nutrition as a way to lose weight. And many people think about fitness as a way to look good.
0: Mm -hmm. Neither
1: of those Mm -hmm. goals uh, help anybody live a better life. And the quality of your life is determined by both your fitness and your nutrition. And that is, again, like I said, that equates to your health. Uh, We are not healthy when we have great blood panels. If I can't get on the ground and play with my grandkids, you're still not healthy. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the strength to walk up and down the stairs, if you don't have the strength to go play with your dog in the backyard, if you don't have the physical ability or the lack of joint pain or whatever else because you have weak muscles or you're an injury or something like that, um, because you are not in shape and fit, then I don't care what your A1AC is. I don't don't care what um, your cholesterol is, right? These are all things that all together need to happen and be better. So if you're focusing just on your blood panel, if you're focusing just on a traditional health issue and forgetting that, how much muscle you have, how strong you are, how well you can move, uh, how much of a risk you are for injury and all those other sorts of things. Um, if you don't include that stuff, then you're missing a really, really, really big picture. And that's where quality of life as we get older comes into play. I'm 50 years old. I see what's coming around the corner. My mom is 69 years old. So I've been working with her and her is in the book as well. I've been working with her since she was 60, uh, getting oh, her to, to get into fitness, get into shape. She's 69 years old now. She, her favorite thing is deadlifting and, and working out. She's got a gym in her basement. Um, she, she yells at me anytime I give her the pro. Uh, she, I, she follows my workout program online, and she yells at me anytime there isn't deadlifting in there or something that she wants to do. She's, she's, it's, it's, it's amazing. I don't have to worry about her independence as she gets older.
0: That's awesome. And
1: that's what I want for everybody. That's kind of where my passion comes yeah. from. I don't want people to have to, to lose their independence. I'm ex-military. My motto is fitness is freedom. And I don't want anyone to lose their freedom because they've lost their strength or independence.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's kind of what the book is all about. It goes through all of my concepts and philosophies and, and tips and ideas about how to use your mind, your nutrition, and your body to maintain a quality of life for as long as possible.
0: Okay, that information, website, all the things in the show notes. I uh, love your social media, doing a great job. you know, I love people who educate cause that's my passion mm-hmm. too. Just cause I've come from a place of, you know, dead thyroid, all these autoimmune conditions mm. that nobody, nobody even looked upstream. They just looked yep. at, well, oh, you have thyroid disease. Oh, you have vitiligo. Okay, let's get a medicine for that. And so I love that yeah. we can put it in our hands and change everything. The only thing, and Joe Rogan said, so I am trying to reverse my vitiligo and after okay. two and a half months, I am getting, so w- vitiligo is the absence of melanin. So there's no color there at all. There's no protection from the sun or anything. Right. But um, so with that, my face has you know white spots everywhere, but now I'm getting my pigment color Hey. Which is my Russian Jewish descent. So it's yellow based, you know, <laughs> olive skin, and it's repigmenting right now. And this That's is awesome. two and a half months. So I've got time. I mean, I'll, I'll be 60 in a few months, but I, I'm sure. not going anywhere. I'm, you know, yeah. going to be here. And so when I'm 90 still with the, the Lisa Fisher said podcast, mm-hmm. my face will be totally pigmented and I'll have a facelift by then, I'm sure.
1: You won't need it then. Everything will be good. That's true. Everything will still be be good. Yeah. Because
0: that's the other thing, the collagen that's provided from meat that no one's told us about. It is is the magic pill that it is insane. So if you don't want to look like Bill Gates with man boobs and Uh um, eating kale all day, right. And you want to look fit like Coach here, this is what you need to do. So great job. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.